0: beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor if you typically listen to this podcast with your kids in the car this week's topic is a little bit heavier and could be scary for your kids younger kids Uh, this podcast is all about why do christians believe in demons i'm mark dickey and i'm burt miller this is the why do christians podcast Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Burt Miller. He's lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Burt, how are you today? Well, Mark, Hercule, Dickey, (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great, man. Fantastic. Well, we have uh, a bit of a doozy On Mm. this podcast. Um, You know, this, at the time that we're releasing this, it's October Mm -hmm. and we're moving into Halloween. Everything is pumpkin spice. (laughs) Everything. It's been pumpkin spice since late August. Oh. That's. Has it been that long, Mark? <laughs> Commercialism will not rest until the month of August doesn't exist anymore. And we just go straight into the, fall. The leaves are falling. The leaves started falling mid-July just to get us ready for it. Actually. No, that wasn't a thing. It was actually, a thing? my neighbor has a tree. <laughs> it loses its leaves like every uh, like August, basically, like early August. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. But yeah, so it's October. And we're in the the Halloween season, whether you like it or not. And maybe you've seen on TV, maybe you've seen your local theater on the the kiosk. They always put scary movies up. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, maybe they bring back a Halloween classic. But this time of year is just kind of littered with scary things, with darkness. And I thought it was important for us to talk about kind of those concepts in a biblical standpoint. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's also important like you know sometimes when we think about this stuff particularly around this time of year a lot of it can be reactionary. And so I think maybe something that would be important for us to talk about up front when we're talking about the existence of Satan, demons, the demonic is to realize that as as Christians, as as the people of God, uh we are not Satan obsessed, we are Jesus obsessed,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: So I love there's um there's a great book we, we reference him every now and then on the show, uh C.S. Lewis. Um, he wrote a book years and years and years ago called The Screw Tape Letters, which was you, you're you're smiling. Remember Screw Tape Letters?
0: Yeah. My my wife has a copy of it okay. and my my three year old went through a phase where she would pull books off the shelf. Okay. Okay. <laughs> one day I was going through her like book, you know, it's like all these like little engine that could and Winnie the Pooh and how'd the screw tape letters <laughs> get in here? That's
1: funny. Okay. Well, So if you guys don't know, screw tape letters is it's a fictional work by C. S. Lewis that he creates a correspondence between two demons about how to destroy people, how to be against God that that type of thing um, and he has a preface in the book that I think is just a really good principle for us to remember whenever we talk about uh, Satan demons spiritual warfare, that type of thing where he says there are two and are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They mm. themselves are equally pleased by both errors. And I think that's true. So let's just make sure as we have this conversation that at the end of the day, what we're not doing is doing this thing of like, man, I, 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 I want to make sure that there's demon there. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this. I'm sort, of, I'm sort of living in perpetual fear uh, of the demonic. I, I don't think that's the life that God has for Christians. I think the life that he has for us is one of joy and peace in Christ. Um, and so let's be like, I I think spiritual warfare is very real, um, but it's not a thing that I think should consume our minds or hearts.
0: Mm. Okay. So, I mean, with that said, so what, so let's start it at the most basic level. What are demons?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, um, Christians, we, we have a pretty traditional view on that, but I need to be clear that, uh, we're not unified on it anymore so there's a very, there's the overwhelming view which I would adhere to, um, but there there is some wiggle and in interpretation to that answer. So for instance, um, there, there's um, a, a scholar who uh, whose name was he just died this past year, Michael Heiser, uh, who focused a lot on spiritual beings and activity in the Old Testament, and, and uh, Heiser made the argument that demons were actually what were called Nephilim, which were sort of half human, half angel hybrids, um, and that. Uh, they were essentially the, the Nephilim. When they died, their their disembodied spirits uh, became demons, and and it makes a case for that. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to make that conclusion because the Bible never teaches that. Hmm. Um, that comes mostly from uh, a, a book that was written about two or three hundred BC, uh, so after the Book of Malachi, after the Old Testament is done, um, called the Book of Enoch, um, where they talk about that kind of idea. And, and I just think it's important to remember, like sometimes people say, well, like Enoch can tell us what people of the day, believe spiritually. But I just think it's important to realize that Enoch was not included in the canon of Scripture for a reason. So it isn't necessarily completely true to what we believe. So I, I know there are folks who who say that, and, and I mean, it could be. Um, but the traditional Christian view of what demons are is pretty different than that. And, and the reason that there is wiggle room for the interpretation here is because at the end of the day, the Bible is not about demons. And so, yeah, they show up, but the Bible is it's not a book that's written to explain everything about everything that has ever been. It's a book about God and his relationship with humanity and creation. And so when demons intersect with that and conflict with that, they come up. But it's why, like when you, when you read the creation story in Genesis one, there's nothing about uh, angels or the fall of Satan right there. Like it just goes into creation of man and woman. And, you, and then you've got Satan in the garden uh, as a serpent in Genesis three. So back, back to the, the question, okay it's like, so what are demons the, the, the historic answer, the one that most Christians have believed for as long as there's been a church, is that demons are fallen angels, that uh, God, he created angelic beings before there were people, and at some point there was a spiritual rebellion where they decided to turn against God, and uh, he expelled them out of heaven for it. A couple passages that would uh, give credence to this belief would be, first of all, Second uh, 2 Peter 2.4, where it says, For God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. Another one would be from the book of Jude. Jude is only one chapter, so it's just Jude, verse Mm 6, where it says, And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, uh, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So the the idea of, like, what are demons – um, Wayne Grudem in his book, Systematic Theology, which is to overview, like here's what Christians believe and here's how it flows into each other. He defines it this way. He says, demons are evil angels who sinned against God and who now continually work evil in the world.
0: So they're fallen angels, mm-hmm. but demons and Satan, the devil, like the, they're they're not all the same thing, right? Correct. So um, it's
1: interesting, like, so this entity that we call Satan, um, Satan is who we would tend to refer to as the sort of the chief of demons, the, the head demon, the head of these fallen angels, um, or demons and, and devils, these words are used interchangeably um, in the Bible. Um, but the word Satan is not a name. It's a, it actually comes from the Hebrew word, it's just a transliteration. Transliteration is basically you take a word from a language and you just keep the same word in another language. Hmm. Um, and, so, and so the word Satan, it's the Hebrew word Satan, and it means adversary. So in other words, like the Satan, what he is is he's the adversary. He's the enemy of humanity. In the same way, um, you know, famously people go oh, like, oh, Satan's name was Lucifer. No, actually not. Um, they, they get that from Isaiah 14. There's a passage where where uh, the prophet is talking about the fall of who was probably uh, the devil. Um, and some translations will say like, so this is Isaiah 14. Uh, verse 12, where it says, How you are fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. Some translations will translate that word, morning star, as Lucifer, but the word Lucifer even just means, I believe it's bright one or morning star. So it's, it's the same word. So it says, You've been cast down to earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. Uh, I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost highest of Mount Zaphon." I will ascend the tops of the clouds and make myself like the Most High, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. And so the idea there is that Satan, in his pride, wanted to be like God. He wanted to ascend to the position of God, and as a result, he was cast down. But I, I think that's very very fascinating with this idea that this this entity who is the adversary of humanity is never given a proper name in the way that we have them in the Bible. It always has to do with what he represents. And there's like one case where they um, they may take uh, a notion of a devil from a different region and apply that, and so it looks like a name, but even then it has to do with um, what that spirit is doing, not so much names in the way that we think of them.
0: Hmm. Like, what is it that demons do? Like, why are they... I mean, why do they care what we're doing? Sure. Why are they, you know, if they're, I don't know, more powerful than people, like, what do they care about us? Like, right. what are they doing? Right. Well, so
1: again, the the, the primary things that demons do um, is they rebel against God. They are, they are God's enemies in creation, uh, whose goal is the overthrow of his reign, right? And so everything that they do... Is going to stem out of a rebellion against God, and this is just important to realize, by the way, that like, um, I know, so maybe, maybe you're listening, and you're not a Christian, you go like, man, people like believe this stuff, um, and the reason that we, I would say, Christians believe in demons is because Christians believe in Jesus. We believe that the gospel stories are true, uh, that they accurately report in His life, and in the gospels you find Jesus driving out demons all the time. He's casting mm-hmm. out people constantly, and so, um, the the root of why we believe that this stuff is real is because we
0: believe in the reality of Christ. Right. I imagine though, Jesus casting out demons looks a little bit different than what we see in Hollywood though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You have a thing in mind there, Mark? I mean, I remember I was a freshman in high school and I couldn't tell you the name of the movie, but like the whole plot was like this, like person needed to be exercised. Mm -hmm. And I remember like this scene where like the priest goes into the room and Mm -hmm. there's this demon possessed person Mm -hmm. and the the demon wins and the man gets killed. Oh yeah. It's probably
1: the the exorcist. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's the most famous one. Like, and, and I think that that movie actually has given a lot of uh, false ideas towards what the Bible is talking about when it talks about, a uh, person being afflicted by Satan and what it means to cast out a demon; these types of things. Because at yeah. the end of the day, like you just hit the nail on the head, it's this uh, thing where at the end of the day, the the enemy wins, right? Um, in Hollywood. In Hollywood, yeah, not not in life, yeah, like in in this made up story, right? But but that that film and, and other ideas like it have given a lot of sway to. I w- I would argue bad readings of the gospel. So, for instance, a, a big one that many of us. Um, haven't even given a lot of thought to is like when the gospels talk in stories about, and they'll translate it as demon possessed, mm-hmm. right? So somebody, uh, maybe the demon manifests in a person, it speaks through their vocal cords, maybe it throws them on the ground or whatever. And we hear demon possessed and we think of things like the exorcist. We think of this thing of like, you know, like the the vomit and the head spinning and and all these things. Um, and certainly I believe that that demonic entities are capable of such extreme notions at the same time, it's a misunderstanding because, like, what the word "possessed" um, means to us now is not necessarily what the word "possessed" uh, has meant to people in years past when they were translating the, the Greek to English. Hmm. Um, so we hear "possessed" and we think ownership, and we and we think of stuff like that, like with uh, with the devil uh, taking over this little girl, and you know, in, in the movie The Exorcist, and you know, she's mine now. and da, 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 da. Um, but that's not the word in, in, in the Greek as you're going through the Gospels. The word that we translate as possessed is the Greek word daimonizomai. Say that again, daimonion, huh, daimonizomai. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and daimonizomai, it's actually, it, so the, the Greek word uh, for demon is daimonion, okay? And so what they're doing is they're just taking the word demon and they're turning it into a verb, Huh. And so, like, whenever you find, like, these phrases, like, you know, like, Jesus met somebody and, and it's translated, and they were demon-possessed, the phrase is actually, a, a better translation, I think, would be, or at least the idea would be they're they demonized. In the same way, like, we would say, you know, like, think about, um, like, if we're talking about theo- like, like, theology, right? or we're talking about God, for instance, and you were to say to me, hey, Bert, don't theologize, what you're saying is, like, like, you've just taken the word theology, and which is, you know, like, the study of God, and you've turned it into a verb, Right. Well that's what the gospel writers do when they're talking about the activity of Satan and, and and so like you know in terms of like what what do they do in the gospels well there are times where uh yeah demons are like taking over a person um speaking through them manifesting in this way sort of overriding uh, their vocal capacities and and physical uh like their body but it, but it doesn't stop there I mean like there's there's all kinds of stuff like for instance um one of the things that you find demons doing in the Gospels, aside from that, is they also physically afflict, or like, they physically afflict in the sense of like of bodily ailments ailments and diseases. So will give you a few examples. So um, Matthew nine thirty two, 32, uh, it says, while they were going out, a man who was, and it's translated demon-possessed, but I would argue is demonized, a man who was demonized and could not talk was brought to Jesus. Okay, so what's the effect of, of the oppressing spirit there? It's that the guy who was mute. And this is an isolated idea. Matthew 12, 22, it says, "Then they brought to him a demonized or demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. Um, again, Luke uh, 13, 10, and 11, it says, On a, a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. Hmm. Now, let me be clear, like, the Gospels are not saying that every physical affliction is a demon. That would be a mistake to read that there. But they're also not ruling that out as a possibility because one of the things that demons do is they may bodily afflict, but, th- but that's not the only thing. I mean, they also, um, I mean, chiefly, they they entice and, and, and tempt to sin. Like Satan, the, the the leader of demons, is is known to be the originator of sin as you go through the scriptures. So um, Genesis 3, 1 through 6, we talk about this idea of the serpent, who is Satan, uh, tempting Adam and Eve in the garden. We could think of um, Satan, uh. Tempting Jesus in the wilderness in the Gospels, like his desire is to get people to sin against God, why? Because he hates God, um, and everything that he is about is the rebellion against God's way in creation. Um, but but there's still there's still more that they do. They they lie. That's another thing. Um, demons, um, you know, you can think about. Um, they lie. They lie. Do yeah. They
0: do. They know what I'm thinking. <sighs> like, are they in? Are they in people's head? Like, if somebody yeah. like what.
1: What is that? The Bible does not give a demons can or cannot read your mind. I would be hesitant to say that they can because I think of passages that are like who who can know the hearts of man but God alone. Um, but but regardless, okay, it, you know, can they read your mind? I, I think even more like this. Like Mark, let me ask you a question. Okay, let's say let's say um, you were invisible. Okay. Okay. And you were spending time with me. Let's say you, like you were around me twenty four seven. Okay. How long do you think it would take you before you'd be able to see some things that make me tick?
0: Uh okay. So I wouldn't have to read your mind. Yeah, you just see it. I would yeah. just know. Yeah. I've just I've heard someone say before that like, uh, God is omnipresent. Satan is not omnipresent. Correct. Like so, God, omnipresent
1: means everywhere.
0: Yeah, everywhere all the time. Huh? Like, say, if Satan is you know messing with you know the. Prime Minister of New Zealand, mm-hmm. well, then that means Satan is not messing with the President of the United States. Well, that particular demon, correct. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Um, but look, while I say that, the reason I want to be hesitant to to articulate a clear theology on what demons can or cannot do mentally is because the Bible doesn't necessarily give a definitive, here's what they, like, can they read your mind or can they not know? I don't know, but I do know that the demons can plant thoughts. Um, so in terms of influencing the mind absolutely and you know, think about there's a story in Matthew 16 where um, Jesus is predicting his uh, his death and Peter takes him aside and says you know not so Lord that won't happen to you and Jesus responds to him in Matthew 16 is he, he goes get behind me Satan mm. for your thoughts are not of or your thoughts are men not of God um, and that's that's the thing okay well so what's he doing do you think Peter was actively communing with the devil no did Satan make his thoughts sound like Peter's? Yeah, um, because they lie. Like this is what Jesus says about Satan in John, eight forty four. He says rebuking the Pharisees, he says, "You belong to your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires." Okay, well, what what was it? what are his desires? He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And we see that. I mean, you know, in in the Genesis. A uh, false story, in Genesis three. What, what's the very first thing that uh, the serpent does? It gets the uh, it gets Eve to question the word of God, right? Like, did God really say? And when she says yes, he goes, "He didn't. Yeah, but he's lying to you. You know, like he that's not what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it goes beyond just like you know sowing bad ideas about um, God in the sense of believing. Well, let's say it like this: like so, Satan can can sew, or demons they can sow lies about you know who God is towards you. Um, who he is as a person uh your worth to him like you know oh my, God, my goodness like uh, if if other people love you or not like just they they lie by nature but they also create what are what are called doctrines of demons which are lies about God things that go against Christian what's called orthodoxy, Christian essential belief things that make something Christian historic Christianity Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking about like first first Timothy four one Paul says the spirit clearly says in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons okay what does that mean it means uh, demons can come up with false ideas about God and the faith because they're liars
0: so I um, man I feel like I told this story recently so it may already be on the podcast but Do it I, again.
1: Maybe he not that episode.
0: <laughs> I've always imagined, you know, the scene at the uh, end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You're speaking my language. When he has, to, uh, he has to take the, is it leap of faith or is it a walk of faith? Either way, he has to walk across the bridge yes. that, that he can't see. Leap of faith. And uh, I always imagined that, you know, there's, there's one way, one straight path to God. And if I'm even a point one degree off, headed towards my final destination, I will fall off that path into sin. Mm. There's there's only one way, and that's the sinless way. Mm. And so I I've always I think I made this up myself, but I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, all the enemy wants you to do is get your theology just slightly wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think because if, if my yeah.
0: thoughts can be twisted away from what is actually true about Christ, sure. then sure. the enemy is one. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I'd be hesitant to make that a salvation issue across
1: the board, right? So, like, you know, if if, if Satan convinces me that oatmeal cookies are eating them as a sin, is that going to rob me of salvation? No. Will it make me miss out on something that's good? Yeah. <laughs> um, Unless you hate oatmeal cookies, and the illustration falls apart. But, like... But in terms of you know the nature of God, um, his yeah I mean if you believe that God is fundamentally a taskmaster who's never pleased with you, you're probably not going to go to him, mm-hmm. right? Um, if if you don't believe that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead, which uh, Satan has actively worked to perpetuate that license, Jesus has done it. Um, the Bible would say that that you won't be saved. So yeah, in that way, yeah, he, that that that's a, a victory for the enemy. Um so I I don't know if it's so much a thing of like every little lie um, having salvific uh, consequences at the same time, any lie will lead to something that is not good.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. uh, And then the the point I was making earlier, a friend told me that when you verbalize things, that's when the enemy can use them against you. Mm. So don't speak, negative things about yourself
1: yeah i don't know um i i don't know because i i think about you know I, I it's a little superstitious for me i don't know like i mean i think it's probably never a good thing to to, to be you know constantly vocalizing things about yourself in terms of healthiness like you know if i'm going through life and oh, i'm just i'm just a screw up and i'm just dumb and i'm just that is that that satan is gaining power by me saying those things
0: Is it that he's gaining ammo could be but also they're just not
1: good things for me to say um yeah
0: and I think the the, their situation was like oh yeah I'm driving you know across the country this month and my I'm sure I'm gonna get a flat tire Mm. well I mean yeah
1: that's there's some folks that like I'm thinking of of uh groups that are called like word of faith movement where you speak it and it comes into existence I I I don't know that, that I would adhere to that um Actually, I, was, I would say I'd be hesitant to adhere to that. I think uh, my reason being just that um, God is a lot more protective than I think we give Him credit. Like, so for instance, mm. think about there's a story in uh, Numbers where um, there's a there's a prophet named Balaam who's hired to curse the Israelites as they're going through the wilderness, right? And Balaam tries multiple times to curse the Israelites, and he's unsuccessful every time because they're the people of God. Hmm. Um, and that, and I, and I look at that story, and I go, "If that was true for people who weren't in covenant with Jesus yet, like that's pre-cross, yeah, that's the Old Testament law, and yet they're marked as the people of God." Okay, what about us who are in Christ? Are we really that worried about, um, you know, the devils are out to get us, or can we trust that our heavenly Father sees us? Um, I'm not saying to be flippant in our words or yeah. flippant in our actions, not at all. But at the same time, I, I, I would be hesitant to be. Like go through life with this mentality of like, oh goodness, demon, go and get you, like that. That I would maybe slow down on a little bit.
0: <laughs> hey Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethethebridge You could be a hot dog stand, a, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture or Wi-Fi. <laughs> contact us at podcast at we are I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So before we move on, are there any other things that demons specifically like do? Yeah. Um, a couple others that, that are probably good to note. Um, they torment, right?
1: So mentally, physically, uh, I'm thinking of, uh, Probably most notable examples would be Saul in in uh, the book of 1 Samuel, where an evil spirit comes upon him and he's you know, in mental anguish and just mental torment. Um, another one would be uh, there's a guy who's called the uh, the garrison demoniac, where Jesus goes out there, It's the I am legion guy, you know, mm, mm. Um, and um, and when they find him, he's living among the tombs, he's cutting himself with rocks, um, and so yeah, they 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 absolutely uh, can. Uh, torment, but you know another thing that they do, and I feel like this gets overlooked very often, um, is that they can operate supernaturally to deceive. Hmm. Um, we don't think about this a whole lot, because we think of, um, when it comes to other spiritualism or other religious beliefs, we tend to view it as, a, okay, we have the truth in Christ, which we do, um, and so we go, the other stuff is just made up. And and I would propose to you that, um, no, in fact, if we're looking at the New Testament, other religious movements, um, you know, psychic practices, uh, you know, false prophets, what have you—they mm-hmm. can be demonically empowered. You know, like Paul talks about this in First Corinthians, where he's like, "Man, those idols that you guys worship before—they were old they were actually demons." Well,
0: mm-hmm. those, those are other
1: religions. Um, you know, like we we think of like this this phrase "false false prophet," for instance, right? Like we think that, and we think, "Oh, that's a, a person who says uh, something." about God who they're wrong it wasn't really him like they are saying something that's untrue um and yet when Jesus talks about false prophets he talks about them as though they may have supernatural power mm. like he'll talk about them as though like you know they could even deceive uh the elect like the, the the people of God or and it's not just Jesus like you think of uh in the book of revelation when when John is using allegory to talk about uh the beast who's you know you can interpret that as Satan you can interpret that as the antichrist um and the false prophet who points people towards The beast. This is what he says in Revelation 13 14. He says, Because of the signs it was given to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth.
0: So, yeah, demons can empower people who are against Christ to lead people away from Christ. I'm so glad you brought up the the psychics thing. Yeah. Uh, We could even go uh, with uh, probably tarot cards. 100%. uh, Stay away from them. They're bad. Crystals, Mm -hmm. like. When people are saying that they that these things are giving them insight or uh, well, any number of things, you, you, they genuinely are tapping into, from what I understand, tapping into real, very real power. Yeah, they're they're tapping into things that we are not meant to mess with.
1: So, for instance, um, in Acts sixteen, there's a story of Paul and Silas when they go to Philippi, and there's a slave girl there who is fortune telling for her masters. Um, and they cast a demon out of her um this stuff like the, the bible's really clear like, when it comes to like you know tapping into the spiritual realm looking into the future there are some things that are not our right to do um we should not we should not be consulting sources other than like, praying to God for future events and divining things and stuff like that we should never be consulting the dead we should never be messing with tarot cards or horoscopes or stuff like that like those are practices that are demonic in origin and demonically empowered when they are empowered. Sometimes they're just, you know, they're just nonsense, but, but, but I, you know, like there are psychics who are frauds at the same time at the root of all of it. I would say still is it's demonic in its nature because it's a false doctrine. It's a false belief and demons uh, can create false
0: doctrines. I'm going to ask you to go way back into your mind. Okay. Uh, I know you did a sermon a long time ago about this and you gave a whole list of things uh, that we needed to repent from. Oh, yeah. Would you be able to recall as much <laughs> oh, of that man. list as you can? Yeah.
1: Um, so, sure. Uh, what I talked about in that—that's uh, owner are uh, Eastern uh, or unChristian spiritual practices that are commonplace to many of us. Yeah. Um, that we don't think about. So, for instance, uh, a big one right now is yoga. Yoga is a a huge one Um, and people, they go, oh, we're just stretching and we're just doing breathing exercises. But those stretches were designed um, with other religious practices in mind, like as motions, as breathing practices towards other deities. Um, And so I I just, I steer clear from that. Um, Psychics are a big one. Uh, Mediums, um, you know, going and and talking to somebody uh, who uh, claims to hear from the dead um, those are practices that are explicitly forbidden in scripture uh tarot cards horoscopes um fortune cookies uh you know if you're if you're re- if you're opening a fortune cookie with the belief that you're tapping into a spiritual power for it you, i mean you should probably repent of that yeah, although you know i open a fortune cookie i know is made in a factory and i like to <laughs> right. add the word in the bathroom at the end of it and, um <laughs> But really, at the end of the day, what what it comes down to, like, there is a spiritual source for us. It's the Lord, um, and he's the only place that we go to for this stuff.
0: Yeah. Did I I cut you off. Did you have any more on that list? No. Okay. Not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. So, I heard a friend say years and years ago, and I'll totally mess up exactly what he said and put words in his mouth. No, I believe in you. You're going to get it right. (laughs) But he said that we invented the devil's horns Mm. and that we... And I, I don't think he said we invented the fire, but mm-hmm. that the, like, I'm going to go to this place where a man with a pitchfork and horns right. and there's going to be fire everywhere, right. like, and I'm going to be tortured for the rest of my life. I, he said that that is something invented. And what's crazy is I can think of like five, six, probably a dozen Looney Tunes episodes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, Tom... Or uh, which uh, which one? Tom was the cat. <laughs> where where Jerry kills Tom and sure. Tom goes to sure. hell, right? Right. <laughs> and like as a five year old, I am being taught that yeah. this is what happens when you die and you're not a good person, right? And right. What? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, let's let, let's clarify something right now as far as uh hell goes. Hell is not uh where Satan has domain. In fact, it's actually created as the judgment place of Satan. In other words, like like Satan's not in hell right now; he's on the earth. Um, hell is his eternal destiny. I'm getting this specifically of uh, Matthew twenty five forty one, where Jesus says, um, "Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire." So there's that image, okay, uh, prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, it was created for them. Um, you know, now sometimes people say, like, "Well, okay, like, isn't Jesus being you know allegorical there? Like, is it actually a fire?" I like, uh, years ago, uh, somebody asked that to, uh, Tim Keller, uh, you know, before he passed, um, you know, they said like, you know, isn't, isn't, isn't the gospel being kind of like symbolic there and, and, and you know, and Keller's response was, well, yeah, yeah, I think when Jesus is talking about, you know, sort of the, you know, the, the worm and maggot never dies and the fire goes on forever, he goes, I think he, he's almost certainly being allegorical in explaining something that's infinitely worse, hmm. um, um, and I think that's right. I, I think, like, like, yeah, he's probably putting in limited capacity for us limited human beings an eternal, horrible suffering um, that is the final fate of Satan and demons. Now, like, you mentioned that thing of, like, you know, we invented the horns and the pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, certainly the, the New Testament doesn't describe uh, Satan, demons in this way. Um, depending on who you read, uh, there, there are different folks who will come up with different explanations for how we got that imagery, uh, some people they they think that it's an adaptation of the Greek god Pan, who was this like goat legged uh, figure, and that they that maybe Christian artists can com- combine that with the redness of the dragon described in Revelation. C- could be, hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I know that when it comes to descriptions of Satan and demons physically uh, in the New Testament, it really comes down to what they're doing. So because because we're dealing with non physical entities, they can interact. with uh, physically, for sure. Mm-hmm. But they don't possess finite bodies in the way that we do, where we're kind of locked into, like we're not shapeshifters. Our our bodies look the way that they are, but, you know, angels, demons, they have the ability to appear as they wish, right? So um, so if we're saying, like, like, what do they look like? It, it depends on what they want to do. So I'm thinking about, like, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 14, where Paul says, uh, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And so in those... Instances they you know he wants to look appealing he wants to look as though he's from God and so he pretends to be an angel. Um, sometimes they they're beautiful you know like um, there's a story in and again it's it's allegorical but there's a story in Revelation 17 where uh, John is looking at this woman who's the, the the prostitute of Babylon she's a spirit she represents lust and and uh, all kinds of debauchery and she's strikingly gorgeous to the point where John like he he says like when I looked at her I marvelled at her and the angel next to me is like what are you doing um but um but yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah like yeah um but so when when they want to be visually appealing they're visually appealing um and sometimes they're not you know same same book of revelation talks about in revelation sixteen thirteen, where it talks about um it says uh there are spirits that look like frogs that came out of the mouth of the dragon so yeah like a reptilian type deal that certainly is in keeping with the serpent in genesis 3 Frog, or
0: frogs are amphibians Yeah, you're,
1: you're, how dare I, how dare I, you're right. Um, Or like the, you know, Satan is uh, presented over and over again in Revelation as a dragon. Like, is he actually a dragon? No, but, but, but the imagery that is certainly there. Mm. Um, So it really comes down to
0: what they're doing. Yeah. Wow. I think we need to do a whole episode on hell specifically. Okay. That would be. That'd be a fun upper, wouldn't it? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, you're right. That, That might be needed. Yeah. Yeah, so if you definitely want an episode specifically about hell, let us know, uh, podcast at wearethebridge.org. Maybe even some things. If you have some specific questions about hell, let us know. Um, we'll <laughs> we'll try not to make all the episodes of this show to be downers, but yeah. also the reason we're here is to clear up the mess. Yeah. I mean, how many people are carrying these beliefs that are just – hodgepodge Lego creations Mm. that are from, you know, from this religion and from this modern philosophy. I don't even know where we got it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This guy made a show about the afterlife and uh, you know what? That makes sense to me. That's probably how it works. And (laughs) I mean, yeah. So we, we really do need some clarity culturally. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Bert, how can I know if something is from God or from Satan? Because wow. I mean, if I'm hearing a voice, if I'm mm-hmm. seeing the quote unquote planets align, and it's like, oh, like look at that open door, look what God did for me. Mm-hmm. Is is this really something from God or is this a distraction? Like it's kind of hard to know. Yeah, well, I think there's one surefire
1: test. And I would say it like this. Um, think about what Jesus did when he was confronted by Satan. Every single time he took it back to uh, what the Bible says, mm-hmm. like with that, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so I would say
0: this, if you're trying to discern, you know, this thing that I'm going through, well, you know, I, But I, didn't, I, heard, I mean, didn't in that situation, Satan use scripture. Yeah. He misquotes it, but yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah he manipulates the text. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It turns out Satan, Satan can read. Um, but <laughs> But this is what I would say to you. I, w- I would say, ask the question, how does this line up with God's word? Simple mm-hmm. as it. Like, that is your filter for what's right and wrong. That's your filter for uh, what is true and what's not, if you're a believer. Um, the Bible is your go-to. It's your final authority for all matters of life, doctrine, and practice. And so, man, okay, I'm thinking about this. You know, I kind of believe that. I wonder if this is God. I wonder if not. I would just say, how does it compare with what the Bible teaches? If it contradicts it, it's wrong. Um, and if it doesn't, okay, then, I mean, dig a little bit more, make sure. Um, but that's what I would say. I would say go to the
0: Bible. Mm. It's kind of like there's, if you go to the Bible, you can at least get in the ballpark of is this, <laughs> you're, you're kind of honing in yeah. and, and reducing the, I don't know, process of elimination For maybe. Sure. For sure. That's cool. So going back to, the hollywood side of things you know someone's possessed demons are doing things and people are running scared out of the house like right i know that in scripture we know god wins in the end Mm -hmm. god is more powerful Mm -hmm. than demons so is there anything to be afraid of
1: i don't know if the word is afraid because i mean i think you're right I think you're right. Like, this is not sort of a, a yin and yang thing where Satan is the evil balance of God. Like, it's it's not a comparison. In mm-hmm. the Gospels, demons scream in terror in the presence of Jesus. So this is not like a, hey, like it's, it's not an arm wrestling match. Like, God is greater. So I don't know if it's, if it's a fear thing. I think so much as it, like a mindful thing. Like, let me say it like this. So like, you know, when, when I was a kid, maybe this was your experience too, my parents taught me look both ways before you cross the street, mm-hmm. right? You know? Um good advice. you're mindful as you're crossing the street, you look both ways so that you're not hit by a car or or something else, you know um, and while I'm mindful of that, i, I th- it's very rare that I stay awake in bed at night worrying about being hit by a car.
0: Mm-hmm. you know um,
1: and, and I would say the same is true when it comes to the demonic. there are things to be mindful of. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we don't live in fear of the demonic. I'm thinking so there's a there's a story. Like every, every person who's in Christ, every person who is a Jesus follower who knows the Lord has authority over Satan and the demonic. There's a story in, in Luke 10 where Jesus sends out 72 followers, not his apostles, just 72 random Christians, and tells them to announce the kingdom of God in towns, and while they go, they're casting demons out of people. And when they come back to Jesus, they give him a report. So this is not an exorcist does this. This is Christians, this is their rights as Christians. And so Jesus tells them when they're like, Lord, even the demons had to obey us in your name. He says, I have given you authority to trample. This is Luke uh, 10, 19 and 20. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. But here's the thing. So before we start to become demon obsessed of like, oh, see, now I can go do this. Jesus goes, that's not the point. He says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Mm. and and that's what I would tell you like the point again is not uh doing spiritual warfare the point is knowing Jesus but in knowing Jesus spiritual warfare will come up wow um, and so we're mindful of it we deal with it as we have to uh but we don't live in constant sort of paranoia uh of what the enemy may do we're just okay could be and we'll deal with it when, when, it, when it springs up and we'll pray like crazy and we'll trust God to take care of us
0: that's uh i you know, maybe months ago, I told you. You know, with the knowledge that God is so much more powerful uh, than the enemy, mm-hmm. I told you I was like, "Yeah, I've kind of always wanted to." <laughs> 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 I've always wanted to cast a demon out of yeah, somebody. Yeah, and you were just like, "That's that's cool, but don't <laughs> don't well, like run after that."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it, 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 that's kind of the. There's something in us that the byproduct when we hear this news of, well, we've got authority in Jesus' is to want to go, well, if that's the case, let me go pick a fight. Let's go, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and I would just remind, I would remind you, I would remind me, I would remind anybody else maybe listening to this, that what gives us the authority over the demonic is not power within ourselves, it's the word of Christ. So the reality is if a demon wanted to kill us and God didn't intervene, there would be nothing stopping it. Mm. Right, the only thing that that preserves us is our heavenly Father, who takes care of us perfectly. And I just think it's important to remember, like, there's a um, you know every now and then I, I meet folks and they're they're like, they're flipping towards the demonic, they're making fun of Satan, they're making fun of, and they, they do this because they think, listen, listen, you know, we've got authority over it, and let me just sort of spiritually flex. And I would tell you, I think that reeks of immaturity. In fact, I think the Bible would tell you not to do that. Hmm. Like there's a passage again in Jude, one chapter long, I referenced it earlier, but Jude 8 and 9, this is what he says. And I just I think it's good for us to remember, he says, so in, in this, against the idea of being flippant towards spiritual entities, he says, in the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies. How do they do that? They reject authority and heap abuse on celestial beings. they're they're talking trash at spirits, and and then Jude gives them the the example, and he says in verse 9, but even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm. You Like, even Michael who is a spirit, when battling Satan, never went to name-calling or demeaning. He was like, the Lord, take care of you. And wow. if that's true of the archangel, let me remind you that the only authority that we have is through Christ, and yes, it is our privilege as believers to exercise that and walk in that. At the
0: same time, we should never
1: treat this flippantly or uh, ignorantly.
0: hmm so whether you're listening to this in October and you're just seeing the, the creepy crawlies all <laughs> over the place, or uh, I don't know, maybe you were attracted to this episode because you feel like you're dealing with that right now in your life, whether it's personally or someone in your family, know, know today that it is only through Christ that we have power over demons, that they are very real and we can't do this without Jesus.
1: Absolutely. There's a, there's a great verse I love, and, and I, would, I would just love for us to to not leave today without uh, without remembering this. This is Colossians 2.15. We're talking about the work of Christ on the cross. And it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. At the end of the day, Satan is a defeated foe, and we have victory over him and everything that he throws. Through the shed blood of Jesus, we have been bought from our sins. He's washed away our sin. He's adopted us into the family of God. We've been made children of God. And because we've believed on Jesus, that he's died for our sin and risen from the dead, we've been given authority over the forces of darkness so we don't have to live in fear of them because we have a much greater heavenly father who's given his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the breath of
0: God mm. with
1: us right now. Mm.
0: Well there you go. That's why Christians believe in demons. There's a, a lot to it and there's a lot more. Like I said earlier, if you want to hear any specific questions answered or you you know, you want us to do a podcast episode on, you know, why do Christians believe in hell? We would love to go over that with you. Just send your questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. And if you enjoy the show, please help us get the word out by leaving a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening.